previously on Dragon Ball Z. Hey, they, they have Black Air Force and Echo shirt. Salutations, my beautiful souls and spirits. You already know who it is, man. Your friendly neighborhood, Aquaman. Like my brother here likes to say, man, the soul brother from the West Coast. Psych, we ain't over West Coast, man. We're more like West Mountains, West Indies over here next to the Andes. You already know what it is, man. And I got him today, actually. My East Coast brother, not from New York, not from regular Jersey, but New Jersey. That's how special he is, man. Talking about uniqueness, bro. This is a brother right here that you need to be listening to. Keep your ears to the streets. And even then, you won't be able to find him. Man, introduce yourself, man. Let him know who you are. Oh, yeah, actually. Wait a second. <laughs> and you are listening to Men's Structure. <laughs> we provide you the beneficial bricks to fortify the structure that is you incorporated. <laughs> there we go. Now talk to him. By the way, you are listening to a podcast. Uh, I forgot. New format. Uh, uh, I am. I am the guy you can't see, even if you're a daredevil. I'm the one that doesn't knock because I don't have an apartment. Uh, I drive on four wheels, but I don't have a bike. And I go to sleep at 10 p.m. every night. I am Monster Disease. And today we have a very, 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 very special guest. All the way from Hubert Hall. From North Carolina, Christopher, middle name Jackson, everybody. Give him a round of applause, man. A round of applause, man. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. Uh, my name is Christopher Dante Jackson, just like Devil May Cry Dante. I slay demons all day, bro. Um, <laughs> Talk to him. Uh, I'm, no. From North Carolina area, uh, I always love watching sports, football. I'm a huge anime fan. I'm still in school, trying to get my Chinese major and my international studies minor. So, you know, pretty simple. Yeah, I was gonna say that's actually very convenient, man, because that's exactly what we're gonna be talking about today. You know, we're gonna be discussing your major, anime. And the intersection of black and Asian culture. Hmm. Wow, I wonder who wrote this script, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, Chris, man, you know, on the subject of your major, what is it and why did you select it? Uh, Chinese major is not just speaking Chinese. We're learning how to speak the Chinese. You speak, uh, you learn how to speak Chinese, learn about the culture, history, and you kind of learn more about a different way of thinking. Languages are very unique, especially like Chinese. You have to adjust the way you think a little bit, how you say different things, and the philosophy of each word, because each character has its own story to it. And once you know the stories of the characters, you know how to write them well, and it just becomes very beautiful when you start to read it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, because, um, you know, I've heard things about Chinese, the Chinese language and the characters that are associated with it. But is that the most difficult language in the world, not only to learn, but also to, uh, you know, write and use? Because I believe those different characters that mean like maybe you have one character that means maybe several different things. Am I on point with that? Oh, yeah, it's one of the most difficult ones. Now, speaking it is very easy because there's not so many different syllables, right? But writing is very difficult because, again, like you said, there's 
same character can mean two different things. For example, let's say, um, let's say, let's say new, right? Depends on how you put the new together with another character. You could talk about women or, you know, social problems that women has to face on day-to-day life as well. So there's a plenty of different characters that you have to make sure you know why it's there and the story is trying to tell. And some characters will change this pronunciation. It could be the same character, but you could say it differently. You know, that, that reminds me a bit of the English language as well. Um, I've taken Spanish for about roughly 14 to 15 years um, of my whole scholastic life, though I'm still not fluent. I understand it very well, but I bring that up to say, you know, the Spanish teachers discussing about learning English or perhaps, you know, native speakers from any language trying to learn English and how difficult it is because we have something similar to where we could say one word that has several different meanings or several different pronunciations. Um, I wish I wrote some down, but you know, do you all, you all know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, like there, and like there. So, there, there's so many. Or like how normally if you do plural, you add the S, but you have things like octopi, yeah, which is plural, but octopus is singular. Exactly. And I was immediately thinking of like bison, you know what I mean? A group of bison. Or look at that bison over there. It's like, why is it not bisons? You know, so it's just, it's confusing. But M bison is one of the commons. So just point that out. There we go. There we go. Now, Chris, I'd like to also ask, you know, along with doing this and pursuing this major, you know, presumably, definitely you've learned a lot of things beyond what you've told us thus far. But what are a few key things that, you know, Chinese has taught you or perhaps things that you still have that resonate with you today? Jeez, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> there's There's so much. I think the biggest thing that has left over to me. And I think it's not even taking the classes. Back in middle school, I was able to uh, travel abroad to China and do a little bit of studying, go to an exchange uh, school. And from there, like learning about the people, the food. And one thing that shocked me is they made vegetables taste really good. Okay. Like, I don't know what's wrong with the US. We cannot cook vegetables to save our life. All right. Like, I don't know. Who's this? Who's this weak? You mean the pale, the pale skin, the pale skin brothers and sisters? Talking about the melanin challenge, brothers and sisters. Go tell it to my grandma. Sorry, grandma. But not only that, I went to Shanghai, right? Well, I could say Shanghai, right? And like in the city, I had a pen pal. Pen Pal was very, very wealthy. Uh, he had a chauffeur, um, had a maid, and maid cooked us food and everything like that. And it was it was a wonderful, you know, experience. But we brought school supplies to give to one of the schools that needs them. And when we went there, as you go outside the city, you start to see less like architectural infrastructure that's been built. And you see like country roads. And when I went to that elementary school. It was, it was shocking. Like the restrooms, like if the restrooms are set outside of the school and there's no roof over the restroom. If you go into the restrooms, there's no like toilets or anything like that. It's like half of a pipe that's been like dug into the dirt. And when we gave these kids the supplies, they looked extremely happy. Like I never realize how fortunate we are sometimes being able to have access to you know some of the basic things and it, it kind of kind of shocked me i remember i was talking to one of the kids and they were trying to like teach me how to how to write like red in chinese and it was it was just so it was just so heartwarming and like experiences like that you will not learn in the classroom right Experiences like that, you will never be able to come close to it. Okay. It sounds like you experienced a culture shock um, that didn't make you pity, but rather reinforced your gratitude. Mm. Yeah. It's it, it's a lot, man. 
like when you sit back and think, and then when you learn a lot more about the history, you learn that uh, you know, Chinese people have had a lot to deal with, especially the relationship towards the West and all. And it's like it, it, it explains a lot of what's happening now in China, but I still think that there is a way, there's still a chance for China to change to a better place. Lots of what you got to say about that. <clears throat> no, Chris is correct. I mean, you know, you know, studying world history for like the amount of time that I did. I mean, China, China got the, the shorter end of the stick for a while. Imperialism. Everybody had a slice. Japan. You mean United States? Um, other places. Because um, we think China's so big, but they've been taken over by much smaller places. Um, they hold on to their tradition much longer instead of trying to be with the current, like Japan did. And so that led to the things like the Boxer Rebellion, things of that nature. And so when you have the Communist Revolution, it's basically we have to play catch up from not trying to modernize like everyone else did early. And so that's why you have those the, the famines and the emphasis on farming and that kind of ebb and flow. And then you have the way China is now, but they had to struggle and build up to that. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a I'm not an expert on that, but yeah, there's a deep-seated history and the kind of parallels between imperialism and other places and the oppression we'd have to deal with and the oppression that Chinese have had to deal with. It's very interesting to see the similarities and the differences, right? And it's also one of those things where um, in this country, we might have racism towards people that uh, don't look like us, but we have a shared experience, right? Now, if I'm racist toward a Chinese person or vice versa, we might not be under, understanding like, okay, I had oppression and so did you. That's a common ground. But there's a lot of differences between us that don't make that happen. Uh, and it's unfortunate. But no, Chris is, Chris is right. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in China's past. And that's why history is important because with Russia, with any other place, you can't judge a place based on where it is. Now you have to look at how it got there. We started mm -hmm. off with a bunch of white guys and wigs in a, in a hot room in Philadelphia, right? Mm -hmm. But now we're here, right? It's it's all this GTA stuff, but everybody starts somewhere, right? Um, and I mean, China China values the past, though, and I, and I give China credit for they value the history. I, I know Chris speaks this more than me, but the Han Dynasty is still a very big thing. That happened a long time ago, but China really respects the past and wants to build off the ancestral past that they have. And that's connection between us and them, right? With black culture, we'd like to revere our ancestors, right? China's grandparents, like, it's very, very important. Respecting your parents and grandparents' ancestors is very, very, very important. I mean, Asian culture as a whole, what I've seen, but it's very important. Those parallels are very interesting, especially when it comes to history. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then even on with the whole entire thing, because there's there's one misconception mm -hmm. during when Mao took over China, mm -hmm. they were trying to go away from the old uh, traditional stuff mm -hmm. because after all the humiliations, you have the unfair treaties, which mm -hmm. we were talking about with Russia, other areas taking pieces of China. They are thinking, okay, maybe it's a cultural thing. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe uh, maybe our culture is inferior. And they were heavy against um, Confucianism. Hmm. And, you know, nowadays China, they still kind of against, they're like, you still have the Confucianist values there, but the honor to tradition wasn't, isn't as strong as it was before Mao came into power. Hmm. It started coming back a little bit more now with the uh, current president, uh, Xi Jinping. Right. So... But yeah, it's it's interesting. It's it's very interesting. Man. I feel like a fish out of water here, man. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I lead you to the water. No worries. to say I can't confirm nor deny none of that. <laughs> you know, I had my world history class once sophomore year, you know, high, high school. You know, what I mean, five six years ago. So I mean, some of that sounds familiar. <laughs> but I'll definitely say, you know, growing up with. Um, that culture in a way it played a big it, a rather large part in my family you know and i've always respected the discipline that not only um the chinese had carried you know when it comes to their family systems or even you had mentioned the dynasties or perhaps you know the family values you know it's just in everything that they do it has a purpose you know 
um, something that my dad had always revered was the Chinese Tao. You, you, y'all heard of that? Oh yeah, the yeah. way, yeah, which the is way. which is very interesting because the character Tao is arrived as well. Mm. So it's more of like a influx state, and there's so so many different perspectives of that. Uh, I took uh, Chinese Chinese literature, so we had to arrive the Tao Te Ching. So, and that's where they talked about the Tao and everything, and. Oh, my bad. Continue. But yeah, there's a lot about that. Yeah. Now you good, man. I mean, shoot, honestly, this is a perfect segue, you know, into talking about um, what we've received from Asian culture. And, you know, I mean, we have some things I love to break down because while we do talk, we are able to talk about the struggles and the perseverance that China has had, you know, and even the struggles that perhaps any, many other Asian cultures have had to go through throughout the millennia, you know, I mean, throughout the years, man, there's been lots of beautiful things to come out of these cultures, man. And honestly, I'd love to start at everybody's favorite pop culture <laughs> thing that came straight out of Japan, man, anime. Um, and, you know, I just love to discuss, you know, anime that we may have grow, grown up on, or at least just one influential anime that we kept without, throughout our lives, you know. So, I mean, you want to start with you, Chris, man, you know, an anime that has impacted you since youth up to now? Ooh. The most basic answer that I always refer to, the default was always Naruto. Wow. But I'm going to throw a curveball. Now, this is an interesting curveball. I'm listening. So, there's an anime called Baka no Test, called Idiot's Test. The title's English, Idiot's Test and Summons. There, I watched it when it first came out, like er, like 2010-ish. And let me tell you, the reason why it stuck to me was because it's about this guy who's an idiot. But his idiocracy is very intellectual at the same exact time. Hmm. For example, there was one scene where he was trying to save his budget. So he, you know, bringing cup ramen to school. And he cut his ramen in half and said, okay, I made two. And he's like, wait a minute. If I keep doing this, I'll have ramen forever. He does it. And then he realized later that he only made it like a small piece of ramen that he can't eat. <laughs> so it's, it's, a love, it's a lovable idiocracy. Yeah, it's, it's lovable. Like It kind of also shows like, no matter how stupid you are too, there are still some people that are willing to hang around with you. and like. You're not too far gone in the sense, like as long as long as you're trying hard, and it shows him trying as hard as, but keeps failing, but he just keeps going. No, hey, quick shout out to my boy Monza for sticking around this long, man. I appreciate you. (laughs) 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 But but I love that. (laughs) I love what you took away from that, Chris. Man, that's something I've never heard of before, bro. That's beautiful, man. Masa, what's up with you, man? I'm dying. Um, I am not as versed as you guys, absolutely. And Chris is the, is the, is the. Uh, well, he has a, he has a hat. I think that says senpai. Um, oh yes, yeah, I do. Yeah, I- Chris, Chris got the hat that says senpai. <laughs> um, <laughs> like Chris is, he has an anime it. pillow from freshman year. Like Chris is very, very with the, yeah, like he, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, there we go. Hey, there wow. we go. <laughs> Yo, yes. My man looking like an 09 rapper. Look like Kurt Cobain. I got this drink in my cup. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) King Cuddy face ass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm not as versed. Like, I'm aware of One Piece. I'm aware of Naruto. I'm aware of, um, uh, was it Ace Attorney? Yeah, um, that's, yeah, yeah, I've seen a couple of that's funny. I know Yu Gi Oh, obviously, um, and uh, Bakuban and Blade Blade, but for me, it's the common one, which is Dragon Ball slash Dragon Ball Z, right? For me, I had all volumes, what the 42 had, I had the entire collection as a kid. Um, I don't know, I, I don't know where it is. My mom's like, it's somewhere, I think she burned it, I don't know, and I'm really sad because I had it all from from. The from Goku killing that big ass fish to peace on earth, and Goku's like, you know what? I probably should chill out and be dead because everybody wants to wants me, right? And for me, there's just so many moments, and 
I read the manga hard. Like I only watched. I never watched the Dragon Ball anime, and I only watched uh, the Sa- Saiyan and some of the Frieza arc in the anime. But the manga was always where it was at. Uh, and for me, as an adult, like the Super Saiyan for Goku was great. But for me, Super Saiyan Two Gohan was the the best moment when I was growing up. I mean, the father son Kamehameha and Having not like a close relationship with my fathers, I wanted like I really felt that when it was like push harder, push further, Gohan, and it, that kind of Gohan not being a fighter, but he has to do this. I realized that being a black man in this world, there's things you have to do. You have to push forward past the boundaries that you're given. But as an adult, Vegeta Super Saiyan is my pretty much. I don't know. It's a tie between Saiyan pride and him going Super Saiyan for the first time. Because mm-hmm. that story is one of the best monologues I've ever heard, right? The power of waiting, right? Akira Toriyama, people don't understand, Dragon Ball is really smart. Like, Dragon Ball is really deep. No one no one sees it between the punches and the forms. But Dragon Ball is, is really deep. And so when he's telling a story, when I stop caring, stop chasing Kakarot, I didn't care. You finally achieve what you've been wanting. Right? You stop chasing Moby Dick and you'll find what you actually wanted. You actually, actually need it. Um, and saying pride is that willpower. Because when I'm when I'm I'm on almost my 30-day challenge, my body is failing on me. I've never had that done before. My body is failing on me. But I will not fall. So when your body is failing, it's one thing it's saying we'll always have. What is it? Talk to him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's that willpower to keep going. Vegeta's one of the most inspirational characters that I've ever seen. Huh? Best character development in the series. On the low. On the low life. and high, for real. Like, I mean, man no, went from killer to like, yo, he killed everybody. Like, yo, Goku, please. To like, let's go. I mean, he get rocked. He get done dirty. But he always down to fight. And let oh. the record reflect, Cell should have been dead. But it's because of ego. Watch your ego, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. A lot of people should have been dead. Thanks. <laughs> <Lights. laughs> you know, to be honest, man. You know, Vegeta responsible for a lot of stuff. <laughs> you may have to be, to be real. But, man, I love that. You know, I agree wholeheartedly with that, bro. Um, for me, Dragon Ball, definitely. Dragon Ball Z especially, you know. I didn't really get in a, I didn't really find out Dragon Ball was a thing mm. until maybe, like, I was in double digits, you know. But before that, it was Dragon Ball Z. Um, but to deviate from y'all's answers, I'm I'm gonna go with Naruto. Um, I had discovered Naruto on Adult Swim, ironically, when I was five years old. <laughs> you know, my dad was flipping through channels, and it was either Bleach or Naruto, and I was like, "This looks stupid." And I was like, "Go go back to Naruto." <laughs> Shout out all my Bleach fans, man. I was young. Don't don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Good disclaimer. Okay, <laughs> say hold on now. <laughs> but it was the Haku versus Naruto fight, you know, and when Sasuke got bodied and Naruto had to defend him, you know, what I mean, and avenge him. Um, the topic of brotherhood really stuck with me in Naruto in ways that I didn't even understand until my adult life, you know, seeing to the ends that Naruto would go to save Sasuke and to protect his village, you know, and in a way being an outcast, because I always felt like I was different, you know, I went to majority PWI schools, you know what I mean, and made, made amazing friends, you know, but wasn't really surrounded by people who, you know, who were like 89, 90% me, in a long time, you know, going to Morehouse, but I used to always tell my best friend in uh, grade school, man, Dasan, he was a year older than me, bro. And six, when I was first grade, he was second grade, bro. And I looked at him like he was my older brother. And I would always tell him about Naruto. I'd be like, yo, you see the latest episode, man? You see this picture I made of Naruto? You see the latest Naruto cards I got? Did you play the latest video game? Because it really stuck with me and influenced me about just relationships and family, bro. Like, Outside of my own family, like that dude's my family. I was like, yo, you my Sasuke, bro. Like, man, I've I've messed somebody up for you, bro. Somebody steal your graham crackers. I dare them, bro. Somebody kicks hand on you in the play box. Man, come on, bro. I Rasengan these dudes, man. Come on. You know? And just that motivation helped me love my brothers more, even if it wasn't by blood. You know? And not even just black people, but anybody in that position. And that's what that's what Naruto did for me personally. He said, I will rock your crap. I will knock you out if you mess with my homies' graham crackers. Graham I, crackers. I respect that. Nah, Come the on, honey man. graham crackers? 
That was invented by the government to destroy the black community. Okay. <laughs> them jewels hit, boy. Them jewels, I hate, I hate them jewels when I was in New York, bro. Oh, no. Balanced breakfast. <laughs> hey, that's worth knocking somebody out for. <laughs> now, moving forward, man, let's talk about, you know, movies that reflected the Asian diaspora. And I already got one on my mind immediately, bro. Um, I'm not, I'm going to go last, of course, man, but you know, when it came to movies that y'all have seen, or perhaps media that y'all have seen, man, what can y'all recall, and what effect did that have on you? Did that make sense? I, mean, I, got it. I was like, you want me to go first? Chris looked like he, he pondering that SAT question. I want to give him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you go first, man. Yeah, All right. Right. <laughs> I mean, the Shaw brothers, hmm. they changed cinema forever. I mean, they they literally reimagined cinema. They inspired a generation, including Clifford, including Bobby Bodis, right? A.K.A. RZA, A.K.A. Meth, the Wu-Tang Clan, right? Old Dirty Bastard, Master Killer, Ghost Face Killer. They're all names from the from the Goku movies, mostly Shaw Brother movies. In 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 the in the beginning of the fourth chamber on Jizz's album, that's literally just the beginning of the movie. It's the girl talking. I forget what the movie is from, but it's just her talking. It's from the movie. Like I um Thirty Six Chambers. No, not not from that. I don't think so. It's from something else. Okay. But uh, not like the the, Sha- the Shaolin and the Wu Tang. Like they had the stuff. It's it's from the movies, man. Like for me, um, my favorite that I've seen, and there's a lot of, but my favorite Shaw Brother movie is the Thirty Six Chamber or the Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin. It's phenomenal. Like you have to see it. Like the training and the fact that he's like. They're like, there's only 35 chambers. He said, I want to make my own chamber. And so Master Killer is trying to find his different weapons and stuff. And then he figures out his own chamber. And it's about inventing your own way. And that inspired me during the quarantine, bro. I watched it one morning. I was like, man, this thing is dope. Like, it's dope. And it's just like, yo, this is tough. But, um, and, 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 and the dragon is great. I love that movie. Shout out, shout out Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee, I mean, he's one of the most iconic stars of all time. The most iconic martial artist. For me, though, and I love Big Boss. Overall, Big Boss is my favorite Bruce Lee movie. Wow. No, that's when, that's before he, that's, that was when he was still in China. That was for the basketball player was in that, right? No, that's Game of Death. No, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in, what's that, 75? That's his movie when he was, like, like after he died, but like it was posthumous footage or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, it was somebody else. Yep, I remember yeah, that. Like okay. about that. Um, but no, Fist of Fury, because It Man kind of redid that. And it Man is it don't man say is, it, 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 don't steal my idea. I was like, right. but I was saying <laughs> I should have wrote that down first. Now nah, Fist of Fury, Fist of Fury has racial commentary because when he goes back home, there's a park that says no Chinese and no dogs allowed. I should. Dang, like, nah, some of these Kung Fu movies are really deep. No one really, they have history. Like, even the stuff back in ancient times, they have history and, like, political stuff. I'd be like, oh, oh, I know that. I learned that. Well, like, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, when he points to the TV. <laughs> like, but for me, yo, the Fist of Fury scene where he walks into the dojo and the black belts are like, yo, get out of here. He's like, who killed my master? And he's, and, they, and he just beats them up. <laughs> He just takes them all down. It's, it, and then the and then the guy looks at like his black belt and he's like, get up. And the guy's like, bro, get up. <laughs> and Bruce Lee beats him up. Bruce Lee beats the master up. He beats the entire dojo up, bro. And they had to get like the Russian boxer to get him at the end. And he beat Come the brakes off for him. Come on, man. It's just like, yo, man, like, so like outside of Bruce Lee is definitely 36 Chamber. Honorable mention. The Five Elemental Ninjas, which is ridiculous. This thing's ridiculous. But the Bruce Slade is that, that Fist of Fury because nothing beats when he walks into the Japanese dojo and beats the brakes off of everybody, bro. I want the smoke. <laughs> he wanted the smoke, but obviously, and then the dragon is like Bolo, Iconic. Bolo Young, and then O'Hara. 
<laughs> Yo, oh. Because my man, you saw him kill his sister in the beginning. You've been waiting for this moment. Brucey was like, I mean, I'm just doing the fight. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's bro. iconic. He's all, you the one. Okay, bad. Man, oh. And man, yeah, and I'm gonna let you go, Chris, man. But when you talk about establishing your own style, such as the 36th Chamber, you know, I mean, Bruce Lee was a perfect example of that as well. Mm-hmm. Establishing the, uh, I think it was a wing or wind style. No, uh, uh, Jeet Kune Do, which was uh, Do. was based off Wing Chun, what he learned from It Man and other stuff he combined to make Jeet Kune Do, yes. Right, yes. And see, see, fish out of water, man. I know, <laughs> man, I, I know myself to a degree, man, but I'm thankful that I was there for all of it. Chris, man, what, what you thinking of? Ooh. Okay, this movie, it's a series of movies. Now, I think y'all know what movie I'm talking about. I hope so. Rush Hour. Okay. One, two, and three. And the reason why I say that Hmm. is one of the most interesting things and, like, dynamics is when it comes to, like, the black community and just in general with the Asian community. Just Hmm. in general, right? Especially the Chinese community. And... I remember watching uh, the movies and I see a lot of the like miscultural communications that that will be happening sometimes. So, for example, to say that in in Chinese, you say nigga. Yeah, there we go. It, it sounds just like you say. Yeah, it sounds just like that. So it makes sense where, you know, you see Chris Tucker this that was like yeah what's up yeah and he's like do as I do as I'm doing right follow along right and then Jackie's just like okay what's up my nigga and it was like what you call me and it's like those miscommunications like kind of showed like there are still like things that needs to be like understood between each other cultures and so on but like even even when they kept butting heads together they still find a way through mm. the situation. Mm. And I, re- I remember this, when Chris Tucker said, now nah, I'm black in these. The reason I remember this was when I, before I went on the trip to China middle school, our teacher was saying, you, you guys want to learn about the culture before we go there. So we respect the culture as of right now, you guys see yourselves as Chinese and you got to respect that culture. Mm. And I was like, Hey, well, I'm black. Mm. He said, "Well, you're black in these now," and I and I I laughed. I couldn't help but laugh because I'm just like I was like, you know what? Wow, that that you know, the intersectionality of the thing. You know it's what I'm little, saying? A little absurd. Yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's, it's it's trust trust me. I have I have another story <laughs> later on dealing with interesting things in different languages, but. Yeah, like that. That movie had nice, nice uh, combat situations. You know, like the story itself. Like you don't realize how deep like Chris Tucker's character is. Mm. Where it's just like his. You saw him try and talk about his dad with Jackie Chan, right? And he's like, "Well, my dad did this. My dad did that." But it turns out, it didn't do anything like anything close to what he put onto this pedestal. He was doing that because that insecurity. Yeah. You can tell his character is very, very insecure about a lot of things. That's true. And especially going to like different culture, going through all these things, you know, like he's a lot of time he's faking till he make it, right? Yeah. Uh but when he finally like achieves what he did, he did not change at all. Like his personality stayed the same. He was still annoying, of course. Don't get me wrong. Classic. Good, good filter fish. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's that's the uh, one of the major things that uh, that really stuck with me in like the film side of things. There are some others, but like directly towards my life, and I see things that make an impact. I got you. I got you. And while you was talking, man, I immediately thought of uh, Karate Kid with Jaden Smith, man. You know, when it comes to the black experience in Asian uh, culture, you know, oh. I mean, no, no matter what you think about that movie, you know what I mean? Like, really, like looking at it from a adult perspective now, you know, um, I'm like, yo, you know, black people in Japan or China. Yeah, China. China. 
Yep. Yep. It just, you know, I mean, the miscommunications are laughing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, they immediately thought about that, man. The miscommunications that were there, you know, I mean, how this dude had to befriend Jackie Chan and, you know, how he in a way had to assimilate, but also, you know, teach Jackie Chan a few things about his own culture, you know. Um, but that's not the movie that I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is. Ip, Ip, your man. Oh, now he, oh, okay. Yep, 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 yeah, I had to add it real quick. I see. (laughs) (laughs) Now, aside from what Monsa had already beautifully described about it, man, shortly, you know, I definitely do remember that it was either the first or the second Second movie that took place during the Japanese invasion Mm -hmm. of China, right? You know, I mean, seeing the devastation of that, seeing how the Chinese were treated, you know, and although it was a, um, I feel like a, it was an important scene and then it kind of just ran in the background for the rest of the movie behind the fights, behind the um, Ip Man literally disarming somebody. Like, he broke down dude's gun. He pulled out a gun, bro, and, oh, he broke that joint down so hard. That shit was fire. But, man, you know, looping back to just the discipline that comes with Asian culture, bro. You know, in my own life, my dad and I did karate, you know. Um, he's a black belt, second, third degree man, and I finished with a blue belt. It just didn't go back. But, the grandmaster who had passed away, man, rest his, rest his soul, he was a black man, you know, but he had studied all of it to where he was able to become a grandmaster. You know, we were being taught Asian culture, you know what I mean? And however that may seem, but Asian culture directly from a black man who immersed himself within it. So that's already a whole intersection, intersectionality, had the whole gi and everything, mm-hmm. you know. So just the way that we adopted, you know, as just normal, at least for my life, you know what I mean? And Seemingly from what's what's coming from y'all as well, this has just been ingrained just as we will watch Boys in the Hood or maybe Menace of Society. We would also be able to blend that in with some Enter the Dragon or even The Last Dragon, you know? Man, come on. You the got first black the power of the globe. It's so ingrained. that it, it, Our experiences are so Dif- you know, so different, yes, but so similar in the same way to where these cultures just merge so seamlessly. Y'all feel what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. wouldn't say always seamlessly, like the merge. I would change that to more like you see, um, you see things that are common mm-hmm. between the ones because there's still a lot of things that kind of counteract because in the black community, especially, we have a lot of individualism now. Mm-hmm. And in like Asian communities in general, it's more of like a whole entire like we're helping each other out family wise to get all of us out of a certain situation. Right. So I would just it, it, there's some comparables, but it, it's very interesting sometimes when you look at it because like not all like not all like different uh, like Chinese, Japanese, Koreans they. There's so much of like some like black diaspora areas where like they don't really get along with one another mm-hmm. at at all. Uh, especially with like when you were talking about like it meant to the whole entire Japan situation. That was that was brutal. Like throw that was Japan, like I know people like think Japan now with the anime and stuff like that. Oh no, no, no. Back then Japan had black air forces. Yeah, they was ruthless. Oh my god. They 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 have black air force and echo shirt. Like they 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 ran through a lot of parts. And there was a there's a situation, right? China was going ahead and said, okay, we're gonna go and evade Japan. And so they have their boats. And China throughout history has always had an issue when it comes to like invading a certain mm-hmm. area. They've always been kind of behind in the military area of things. So they got on their ships. They got like better ships now and they went to Japan, but they got caught off course by the winds. And so they had to retreat back. And that whole entire story told like in like Japanese culture, oh, the winds like carried because like our country is so great because of that. And Chinese culture is like, yeah, no, that's some crap. They got they got lucky because of winds and all that. So there's there's a lot of friction between the different communities. And and actually, I mean that's that's beautiful that you bring that up, man. Because I want to bring up uh, Asian you know Asian culture's reaction to uh, black people. You know, 
Uh, or I guess, you, and I, I did a little research back in sophomore year of college, man, and I found some unfortunate things, but you know, yeah, and Monster definitely wanted you, want you to answer too, man. But the question is, how well would you say African-Americans are received in Asian culture from your own personal experience or perhaps things you've researched? Now, this is strictly China. Um, just putting that out there. This right. is strictly China. The issue, well, there's multiple issues. Hmm. There are some good things, there's some bad things, right? Um, when you see, like, black athletes and so on, like... In Beijing, you see, like, a picture of LeBron James or, like, James Harden, right? Like, basketball is such a big culture, and knowing how dominant the NBA is, being able to monopolize such an entertainment of basketball, like, you see a lot of, you know, black figures that way. And I was going to – and I'm just going to interrupt you real quick, man, because you made me think of Kim Jong-un and his relationship with Dennis Rodman, you know? I mean, that's insane. Yeah. Let's continue. Oh, yeah. No, it's like you have things like that. And then, you know, depending where you are can heavily influence how other people see you. So I remembered I remember this situation. It was before the pandemic happened. I went to China a second time and we were eating and we were more of like a country area. We're eating some food. Our Chinese teacher ordered for us. Then she said, "Okay, I'm going to order some more for y'all. Like, just because we enjoy the food so much. They refused to serve us because they thought we were Muslim. Wow. And, and that kind of shocked me, right? Because their mind think, oh, dark-skinned person, like from my experience from there, dark-skinned person is Muslims, and they have very bad views of people, no matter what religion they don't really have a favorable view in general, but especially towards Muslims. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of like, kind of shocked me too, because I'm just like, man, I mean, if you're like, dang, he's Christian, I'm not going to serve him. At least you're right about one thing. I'm not Muslim. You know what I'm saying? Get something right, I guess. But like, Mm -hmm. it, it still, it just shows how like, crappy moments like that, or during the pandemic, you have black people who couldn't eat at some fast food areas because they get turned away because they thought with the COVID situation, oh, foreigners know. Even though the black person might have lived there for like a decade. And then you you have those situations and you have that weird um, fetishization of some things. Uh, I remember one of my friends on the trip, um, one of the shop owners wanted him to meet uh, their daughter because they're like, oh, I love mixed people. And it was just felt more of like racial fetishized thing. And then I remember when, and this is the countryside area. I went down there. There were a group of, you know, older women. And I was standing by the uh, tour guide and the ladies started coming towards me. And they're like saying stuff in Chinese. And these are like, again, I didn't know all the, I don't know all the Chinese still, but I asked the tour guide what they said. So, oh, you got nice cats, they're saying. I said, like, they're saying more than that, aren't they? And he's not, he's not responding back to me at all. And I'm here like, man, like, it, it, it sucked, but it didn't at the same exact time. Like, it sucked because I'm just like, wow, they're fetishizing me, right? It, it sucks, but and then at the same exact time, you know, I try to think by the bright side. I'm like, well, maybe they think I'm sexy, you know? Like, I, I, I'm, I, I am sexy, you know what I'm saying? Trying to not think too much about it, you know what I'm saying? Come on, Chris. Hey, man, you're not, <laughs> hey, man, you're not wrong, bro. You got it. You got it. You got to boost, my boy. Come on, man. Like, like, and then some people just take pictures of me, mm. just in general. Yeah, yeah. And I remember on the trip, because it was from, like, with a bunch of black men, too, one of the guys, he started getting angry and all that. Man, I told him, hey, we can't do or react like we normally do here in America. Because in China, if you mess up and you're a foreigner, you're screwed. Oh, yeah. You have to make sure on P's and Q's. So what I did, me and my homeboy, when they when someone's taking a picture of them, we'll jump in the middle and, and like pose for it. Trying to like have the other guys feel a little bit more safe and calm. Because I've already experienced like knowing about like the whole entire situation with darker skinned people 
the black people over there. So I'm just trying to make sure the rest of the guys don't do anything stupid and just like learn from these experiences. And it's how you make it from these experiences. And now these experiences doesn't mean that every single mainlander Chinese person think these ways, not at all. But there are some friction situations because the way that they see the hierarchy is they see white, they see Asian, and you see black. And and I actually want to speak on that too, man, if you if you're done, Chris. Oh yeah, I'm done. Yeah. And and Monster definitely loves it. You hop on this too, bro. But my sophomore year, and thank you for that, you know what I mean, epilogue, um, Chris. You know what I mean? That that that's that's real. You know what I mean? And I hate that that has to be um uh, that that was the norm for when you were there. Um and you know, if it, it still is, hopefully things are improved upon. Um, but when I did research in sophomore year for my final, you know, I was doing research on comic books, you know what I mean? And how black people were portrayed in the U.S. versus Japan specifically with manga, you know. And I came upon a variety of things, you know what I mean? The majority of it was uh, radical stereotypicalizations of our people, you know what I mean? That were improved upon, of course, but still were present. And upon doing research, you know what I mean, about how black people were received in Asian culture or Japan specifically, you know, black people were saying, yo, it wasn't a love relationship. It wasn't a hate relationship. It was more like a neutral, you know, um, and just like you said, you know, more fetishized or like, look at him over there, you know what I mean? Because it's unrecognizable, you know what I mean? That's, that's different, you know, but the most interesting thing that I had learned was you know what I mean? And whether it's true or false, but the way the J- Japanese people looked at us was a reflection off of what they knew about the Westernization of us, you know, or in another term, how white people viewed us is how the Japanese viewed us, you know, that's what they had to draw from. So it was like, okay, this is how they're being viewed over here. You know what I mean? This is what they look like. This is what the Westerns are saying about them. Then that's pretty much all we have to go off of. So that's what we're going to reflect here. You know, and again, this is just um, a uh, summarization of <laughs> what I had read back then, but that's always stuck with me, you know. And yeah, I mean, Monster, you mean to talk to us, man? Yeah, um, no, Chris, you know, he, he, there's a channel called Black in Japan on YouTube I follow, and I follow them too. Yeah, and there's a video talking about being black in Korea. And my uncle spent a lot of time overseas. And he told me stuff that Chris has told me and stuff that it's very interesting. He's been in Thailand. Um, he's been in Malaysia. He's been to Hong Kong, Shanghai. He's been he's been all over because he was in the army. And he was like, I love it here. I'm out. Like, I don't forget America. And a lot of black people go overseas, not just in Asian countries, but they go overseas. It's like it's better in a lot of respects. Um, for me, I, I, you know, I've known Chinese people and Korean people. Like I've known different people of Asian diaspora. It's all been good. I've never had like a negative thing that was so obvious, right? Like my, um, yeah, like we we grew up in Asian culture. We we, we love it. My my grandma, and my mom love K dramas, right? It's the, a lot of the Korean Koreans are very very good at and at doing drama, and they get in and out. 10, whatever, 20, 30 episodes, they do the thing and they move on. Now, now the rest is, oh God. Yeah. yeah. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not 14 that. seasons of trash. <laughs> uh, <laughs> More of a days of our lives kind of guy. Move forward. Um, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, and before we close out, I mean, that, and but I do think the, the positivity line slash appropriation is like the, the last dragon, right? Bruce Leroy. It's that kind of, the irony that He's in that culture. When he goes to visit the uh, the, the fortune cookie factory, they're appropriating black culture, and they have that exchange. I think that's a very deep scene in a goofy movie. But I think that with hip hop over in China, uh, Japan, and Korea, right, and you know, you have us, you know, because my aunt did a her whole thing about this. I mean, like the Black Power movement and like martial arts is a big thing. So. We give and take on both. There's a give and take on both sides, right? The movies and stuff like that, and they look like we like your music. They're not wearing Jordans because that's what they was doing, right? The Nike, right? They, yeah, all these hype beasts, right? All over the world, it's like they're we give and take. Fashion and, and stuff and music. We're taking the movies and the dress and things of that nature. So there is an exchange. 
Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely interesting. Um, Chris, do you have any words of wisdom before we uh, close out to the give to the audience? Ooh. Uh, I do. I'm a, I'm gonna try and make it very short so we get hopefully in two minutes. Um, whatever you do, you know, have a, whatever reason you have something to do in general, keep at it. Right. And as long as you feel like that's a legitimate reason, for example, before I studied Chinese, I studied French. Reason why I studied French and was so hard at it is back in elementary school, my French teacher in like third grade, she was talking about how she met her fiance in France. So I said, Hey, my fiance's in France. So I studied French all the way till the end of high school, went to Belgium and France, and never found my fiance. It was kinda it's kinda sad moment, drastic, but even though like the the uh the goal was to find a fiance and all that, the road itself, I learned a lot more, you know, there were a lot more happiness on the road. And like those moments are really the best when it comes to any kind of journey. I remember a song from Cars, life is a highway. I want to drive it Hell on. all night. Oh, not long. <laughs> <laughs> My man, <laughs> Rascal Flats, yo, 2006, Talk you dig? Talk to him, man. Come on now. <laughs> okay, man, where, Chris, where can the people find you, man, if you want to be found? Ooh, you see, you can find me on LinkedIn.com slash CDJackson2018. Um, besides that, I have a very impressive act of disappearing and reappearing. Um, I am rare to find like a Pokemon. Um, a basketball cannot catch me. Ooh. I'm built different. Um, why you gotta give me that look? Hope you's gonna keep going. <laughs> nah, right, right. <laughs> I'm so distracted. I'm just like, <laughs> you see, you take it a lot from Monsters Playbook. <laughs> I learned from. Found. I, I learned from the best. <laughs> Nah, y'all awesome. <laughs> All right, Monster Man, talk to him. Um, yeah, so Olaya well, and I, we uh we charge y'all to look at the uh look at some media, look at some different demographics outside your immediate circle and uh, really dive deep and learn more. Um, uh, the more you know, knowledge is power. Um, and if it's used well, it won't corrupt you. So Waladi, well, take us out. Jesus. And thank you for being here, Chris, once again. Beautiful guest, man. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> this has been another episode of Menstruction, the place for the men of today build the structures for the men of tomorrow. We love each and every one of you. Peace. Peace. Much love.